Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anche Amit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Igg about this week's Torah portion of Kititse, what you can get out of a get, a conversation on Jewish divorce. Did you know that while the Torah is concerned about family and marriage and talks quite a bit about it, there is no mention of a marriage document or a ketubah. But what's interesting is that in this week's portion, there is very specific mention of the divorce document, the get. And I can't say why the Torah doesn't talk about ketubot, but it does talk about the get. But what we're also looking at is just how ancient this practice is of writing a divorce decree and how important it is that there was an avenue for women to be freed from the bonds of marriage in a, in a legal way. This has application today, but one can only imagine, actually it would be hard to imagine, the world in which women lived when they were literally understood as chattel, as the possession of the husband. And here the, the Torah is offering a way out. The get is the document to release the woman. The problem is that only a man from the Torah's perspective could give the get. And so this is the conundrum that the Torah sets up. It's not surprising that this balance of power would be skewed. You know, as you said, you know, women were, were not given equal status throughout most of human history. As you know, I wrote a book about the invention of the birth control pill, and I, I looked at just how far back this went. And it's like basically 99% of human existence. You know, women were treated as basically mechanisms for procreation. They were, as one Greek called them, flower pots. They were meant to be planted and that they were not considered anywhere near equal to the, to the man. And this you know, has pervaded all of human history. It, it certainly has. And what we need to look at, and this is a great example of the difference between written law and oral law. So the Torah is the written law. We have the document. It's in front of us. But how we manage the written law is ultimately expressed in what we call the oral tradition, which ultimately got written down. But that's what the Talmud is. That's what the rabbis were doing, is that they were trying to figure out how to interpret the words here and how to make sense of it and how ultimately, and this, this is a major concern of the rabbis, how to protect women in a world where there were very few protections. So the rabbis will come up with a marriage document, even though the Torah doesn't require it, the rabbis require it, and that's a ketubah. And what's interesting about a ketubah is that there is a very specific sum of money promised from the husband's estate should the marriage end through divorce or the death of the husband. She would receive 200 zoos. That was a, a year's salary. That would be enough for a woman to at least begin making a life for herself. And so here what you're looking at is a document that basically gives women rights, empowers women. But for a long time, the rabbis really couldn't find a solution to the get. In other words, the empowerment of the husband to give a get. And even in Israel today, in very traditional circles, 
the solution is to put the husband in jail. In the ultra-Orthodox world, if a man won't give a get to his wife because he's angry at her or he just wants to be spiteful, they'll lock someone in jail. I want to note is that the conservative movement has really tried to find avenues within Jewish law to help women. And one of those is the conservative ketubah, which has a paragraph in it that says that if the couple should, God forbid, get divorced and they receive a civil divorce, that each of them gives the right to contest the divorce in front of a Beit Din. So this is a way for us to protect women and actually give them standing to have a get written. Even if the husband may not be in favor, we can still do that. What I'm trying to point out is how Jewish law evolved. We don't just simply throw it out and say, this is a sexist document. This is, a, this is thousands of years old. What could it possibly say to us today? In fact, the get is a very powerful, powerful ceremony. And the fact is, is that a woman literally receives the get in the ceremony. The get itself is a document that's 12 lines. And you get the 12 lines because the gimel in the word get is three, the number three, and tet is the number nine, nine and three is 12. And so the get is 12 lines. And it has to be written by a scribe for that situation. But when the time comes, the woman literally receives the get. She takes possession of it. She walks with it as if to say, here is a free woman. She is no longer tied to her husband. Now, I'm going to ask you what your response to that is. Is that a positive or a negative? Are you filled with loathing? or respect and pride? I guess a little bit of both because yes, we've we've managed to make progress and we've managed to help these, these documents, these ancient texts to grow, but it sounds to me like it's still the men um, who are making the decisions here about what is acceptable and what would best uh, give women some uh, shot at rights and power here. And that it's the woman, I hear you say that the woman receives the get but I don't hear the woman actually uh, being able to go out and get a get or to take command of the process. And, and I wonder, you know, what it takes for that to happen. So here's what happened. In the late 50s, there was a great Talmudic rabbi uh, by the name of Saul Lieberman, one of the great Talmudists of all time. And he went to Rabbi Soloveitchik, who was the great leader of the Orthodox world. So here's the greatest scholar of the conservative movement approaching the greatest scholar of the Orthodox world. And said, so let's write a paragraph together, add it to the ketubah, so that men and women would have equal rights to get a get. Because what that paragraph says is that the husband can't contest the woman going to a Beit Din if she has a civil divorce, if she has this specially design ketubah. So it really frees the woman. So that, that does answer that question. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, the pressure on Rabbi Soloveitchik to not go into this relationship with a non-Orthodox made him pull out. He, he refused to sign off on this. Hmm. And so the conservative movement has its own get, which some Orthodox rabbis won't accept, but most do. And what it does is it opens the door to the ketubah. The Jewish community had a chance to do something that would have benefited so many, but chose because of the politics to turn away from it. 
And it's a very sad story, but I am proud of the fact that, look, here at Anshamit, we either a couple signs a prenuptial agreement that makes this statement, or we, we use the conservative ketubah. And we do it for that purpose, to ensure that women are protected. And I also want to say that the ceremony itself of giving the get, the notion that there's a ritual to acknowledge our pain is not unimportant. Anyone who's been through a divorce knows how cut and dry civil divorces are. You know, the judge sits, he gives you the, you get your document, and you basically walk out the door. But there's no way to express whatever pain you're feeling and whatever hopes and dreams were dashed. And giving the ketubah is a way of saying, here's the document that ends it. And I think ritual plays an important role, and the evolution of Jewish law plays an important role, too. And so here we're seeing a document in our Torah reading which gives all the power to the man. And how through the oral law, the evolution of the oral law, we've come to a place where there's at least the beginning of parody, if not parody itself, and some sense of equality. We talked last week about uh, in Shoftim about justice, and uh, we talked about reparations and about at least pursuing justice and trying to atone for the mistakes of the past and showing that we are trying to not just fix, but to make up for the mistakes of the past. And, um, you know, this is a big one. And as you said, it's it's written in a way that is um, totally one-sided. And we've got a lot of work to do to not just fix it, but to make up for the what we've done in the past. Even in this country, look what attempts have been made to pass things like the Equal Rights Amendment and how politics once again gets in the way that um, people um, are, are not comfortable with equality because it means taking power away from someone else. At the same time, and I think this does refer back to our conversation, I think we can also acknowledge the steps we've taken to create a more just society, a more equitable society. And there's a process. And sometimes, you know, the process takes much too long. But I think that if there's a respect for the process and the sense that, that there's an urgency, we sometimes can get to a better place. And this is a good example of that. So I'm going to hold on to that idea, knowing there's still more to go. So we've reached a compromise ourselves. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi. <laughs>